0: What is up, App Master's Virtual Summit attendees? Welcome to the Summit, where we're going to talk about how do you create really awesome, top-charting, casual games with my man, the only guy I turn to when I want to talk about this particular topic. His name is Kevin Wollston and he is the founder of Rising High Studio, makers of some amazing games with 13 different Apple features under his Belt, and he also has the Rising High Academy. You can check out RisingHighAcademy.com, where if you want to learn from Kevin and how they've been to how they've been able to achieve success with these casual games, well you can learn from him, he'll break down the entire process. We've done other things with Kevin, and he just knows game design, and he knows how to promote it. He comes up with little different hacks to promote games as well. But without further ado, let me. Let this guy talk cause I know he's dying to talk too, but Kevin, welcome back my friend.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing phenomenal Kevin because you're here with me, but let's break it down first. All right. How do you like to generate game ideas when you're starting to work on a new game?
1: Okay. So game ideas, Hmm. usually we will go and look at the old flash sites. So back in the day, you would have these little game sites or probably browser HTML5 sites these days, showing my age a little bit. But yeah, we look at the old arcade sites, they're 10 a penny, uh, stuffed with adverts, but skip through all that and go searching around on that because you can find some really cool little mini games on there, Uh, stuff that's tucked away that hasn't really been either ported to iOS or mobile, or interesting little game mechanics that might need a little bit of fleshing out. Um, so that's a really good source of inspiration uh, we also like to take a look at game jam sites so you may have heard of Ludum Dare and some of the bigger game jams um, and if you don't know what game jam is it's basically a uh, collaboration between programmers artists sound guys all that kind of stuff and they get together usually over a weekend and they come up with a theme to make a game by so it could be gravity or something like that and they'll basically crunch it over the weekend to pull off some sort of rough prototype. And inside there you can get some really good seed ideas as well. Um, so that's that's two of the biggies. Um, I take a lot of inspiration from architecture, which is a really weird one that no one else does. Um, but I like to look at a lot of weird architecture that has good sort of minimal form, which can spark an idea for me. Uh, Another solid idea is look at the sort of console party games like Mario Party or Wii Sports or Wii Party because they're jam-packed with like 25 mini-games. And you can often find that you can take one of those and bend it around to fit into the mobile space that might not have been done before. So I think really they're the big ones uh, for me. Uh, the, honestly, that's enough to keep you going if you're stuck on ideas. Uh, the first ones with the big, with the flash sites or the the browser-based game sites, you can lose a good couple of hours in there. But yeah, it's uh pretty solid. I like that. And I know you
0: we did a course together in, in my App Masters Academy about game design and how you broke it down. I loved it, Kevin, so much. Awesome. But for those who didn't get to watch that. Can you break us down, like, once you have that game idea, you start cutting different pieces together and, like, elements, and you sort of start piecing it together?
1: Yeah, sure. So we we create mood boards, which are essentially like dream boards or aspiration boards. I never know the actual name they're meant to be called. But essentially, you take a a ton, you browse around, and you sort of look, you do a Google image search for sort of stuff that inspires you or say you've got a game i love that game so go and get a picture of it and then go and see where google leads you because there's tons of breadcrumbs as you well know you know the see more in the images and just start collecting things that inspire you or you think that looks cool um and we do that when we're starting out to try and get a big picture of the uh, the sort of inspiration and motivation from around the game so I might like this weird monster over here or this, this bicycle that's going around a corner here, like totally random stuff. But when you put it all together, you can say, well, actually, this one kind of works with this one. And now I'm almost getting a color palette or this one's moving around there. Maybe we should do something that swings around and that kind of thing. It's, it's kind of random talking about it like this. It's, yeah. it, it's a process you need to go through. And all of a sudden, you've got a ton of stuff that you really love. And that could, that would sow the seeds for palette and gameplay for us a lot of the time, but not so much gameplay, but palette, look, feel, um, and weird sources of inspiration to throw something sort of left field into the mix. Kevin, I'm going to do some what in the industry called mid-roll, but
0: from my intro, did you want to add anything else besides the Rising High studio and then the Rising High
1: Academy? Uh, not really. We've got the podcast, so you can check us out at Rising High Extended Tea Break Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and all those uh, usual podcast places. Um, yeah, you can check us out. We've got up to 27 episodes on there now. Uh, really nice response to that. But, yeah, that's cool. We can get us at Rising High Academy. Everything's on there. It's all good. All right. Well, it's it. good stuff, dude.
0: <laughs> The, what I do want to ask you is, like, how does it feel being the inspiration for like Color Switch? Because I know David points to Flight a lot as the game that sort of inspired him to sort of create Color Switch.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a little-known fact that. And uh, it's a kind of weird situation to be in because, obviously, we released Flight, got featured by Apple, did it really well for us. Um, and then David took hold of that for inspiration and model improved it and crushed it. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of... Um, amazing that they did so well out of it but it's a little bit annoying as well for us because it's just like damn it i mean we spent four days on that game if we'd have spent a little bit more time and kind of not not drop the ball at all but it kind of put a bit more into it because mm-hmm. uh, we were eager to get going because uh, that was our first game of the studio we we could have done a better job but you know it's yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because not many people know that and when i show them flight it's just like oh you copy color switch and it's just like well mm-hmm. actually it's the other way around but it doesn't matter right so um yeah it's okay we're cool with it you got i mean i david's a member of the academy i speak to david uh we're on beta testing and all the rest of it for everything he does so you know he, he, david's a great guy as well annoyingly so um, you can't really be mad at him at all so um overall, <laughs> he does give yeah, you guys credit he does give you guys no, credit it's not yeah like it's... no so that's cool no that's lovely to hear um yeah, you know, it's one of those things. We should have tried harder and we should have done better. He made a better version of the game. Yeah. So you, there's no point crying about it. He crushed it and, uh, yeah, all, all us to him. Well, you know, we, we in the industry, I knew. I was like, oh, this is just like Flight. And I was like, oh. Yeah. The, but everything's a remix, right? Everything's I a remix. So, too, everything's yeah. a copy of a
0: copy, so. I it's completely copy. agree. And Crossy Road, me, talked about it, Frogger. If you talk to my, dad my, my dad, my father-in-law is like, that's that's Frogger. Like, yeah, no I difference. mean,
1: no, no. When when you're talking about where you get inspiration for your games, I mean, that that's it's it's like, you know, Cherry Coke is Coke with cherries. It's a, it's a it's a clone of Coke, right? So it's not uh, bespoke to the mobile industry. Everything's a copy of everything. So you know, if you're looking for inspiration for your games, then look at previous hits. One of the things that we're telling people inside the academy is look at the first games that came out on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, what were the ones where the tech was lower and There wasn't enough graphic power to make these fancy games which did well and we see a resurgence now of the old games crushing it and they will do and uh, we just saw It's really funny because we ho- hold a, uh, a live session every Friday going through market research and we came across flight control and there's just been a version of that released like two weeks after we were talking about it. It's doing really well at the moment. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a great inspiration for, for other games for sure. I like that. What do you guys do in that market research? Live uh, we go down the app store, look at what's, uh, look at what is being published, who's publishing, mm-hmm. you know, who are the movies and shakers, what games are doing well, why have the big publishers publish them. What, what's with this game like why have they got signed what what what's inside and we break it apart mm-hmm. you know um we look at the publishers a lot of our members are building games so they want to know who to pitch to so who to pitch to you know anyone talking about ketchup absolutely falling off the world don't think so ketchup are gone where's ketchup you couldn't find uh, January this year, coming into the year, you could find 20, 30 games in top 200 from Ketchup. Right. I think you'll be lucky in September. Couldn't find five. Yeah. You know, all their new releases don't do anything. What's happened to Ketchup? Right. So you got the new guys. you got Voodoo, obviously. you got Kuali. You've got Tasty Peel. You've got Huge Games. you got... Viker, you've got Green Panda, you've got all these guys that no one's talking about mm-hmm. who don't want the lofty heights of the Voodoos, who want insane data and insane numbers. These other guys are hungry for games, hyper casuals kicked off. These guys want games and they will sign you. So we do a lot of that sort of stuff. We do deep dive, pick the games apart, see what's up, see what's down and whatever's in between.
0: What do you guys see that's trending right now? I know a lot of these like picture, making these little picture games. A lot of drawing games, a
1: lot of of drawing games, mostly from Lion though. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll see, what's it called, Happy? Happy Stars or something? Happy Stars and what's that game? It's it's like Hello Stars or or Wash Paper Cup or something. Right. I, I I do know, I can't think of the name escapes me now. So you see a lot of the drawing games that were coming back into fashion but what did we see when the iphone started releasing it was all the drawing games
0: really
1: you see a lot of destruction games as well since Hole.io, you see a lot of clones of those so you now just got tornado.io probably number one or two in the app store as we speak you've got the other one which is big ball baller or big big Boulder or something where you go around and collect stuff you sort of, uh, you're on a ball and you collect all the debris. So it's all iterations of that whole.io uh, sort of movement. So tornado.io is whole.io upside down. Mm. You suck it up instead of fall down the hole. Modeling improve. You know, no one's shouting out oh, Look at it, it's number two in the app store, you know. Success leave clues and that's what we focus in on Fridays, you know, keep up to date. So we're strong believers in keeping up with the market research um, and the trend analysis of what's going on. You know, if you want to pitch these publishers, what are they publishing? Right. Because if you know that, you've got a good chance of making the right game or matching your game to the right publisher. uh, And that's what we tend to focus on.
0: Is that the common tip that you give people who are looking to get published through either Voodoo or some of these bigger publishers?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Voodoo have a very different approach to most traditional publishers that we've seen in the past. You know, when you look at the likes of, you know, going back a bit, Nanovation, Umbrella, where are those guys, seriously, where are they gone? So it's all about user acquisition. Mm-hmm. So where Voodoo differ is that you go onto a testing platform with Voodoo. And they will run user acquisition against your game and they want what is basically a vertical slice of your game, which is game language for they want a little prototype. They mm-hmm. just want, you know, a playable level and a little bit more. And they are, they are interested in the core loop. You know, um, they want to know if you have attention numbers uh, they know what they need. And if your game is close, then they may work with you a little bit to um, try and tweak that and see if they can elevate it a little bit. Or if it's way off, it's just said, look, it's crap. There's no good. It's not you, You're not going to make another 30%. Go away. Try again. You know, don't spend five months doing this, this game if you want to pitch us because we're going to test it and throw it away in a week. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that your game is no good, but for Voodoo, you, They want a, a skeleton game that they can see those initial numbers before you start polishing it up and put extra stuff in it. Yeah,
0: It's really, uh, I learned that about Voodoo as well. And it's like, I think it's a great mentality they have, like, hey, they really want to see the numbers. They really want to figure out. Have you had any of your Academy members pitch Voodoo, get rejected, redo their app, improve it, and then eventually get it published?
1: Uh, no, we do have an academy member who has signed a deal with Voodoo. We're okay. thrilled to say. So uh, we've actually got a podcast episode coming out with that. We're just waiting. We're waiting for Voodoo to approve it. That's how um, red tape it is, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So we haven't. We've had we've had members that have gone through a round or two of iteration. It's normally just one round, um, and then they come to us and we say, "Well, just throw it to someone else," yeah. because Voodoo want. 55 plus day 1, 22 plus day 7. If you're 50 and 20, you're not hitting the voodoo numbers because that's not enough for their printing money machine. Mm-hmm. Go to one of these other guys. They'll buy your hand off. You know, there's there's other people. Um, but, of course, voodoo have the absolute luxury of the the shiny dollars to, to wave under developers. So that is the dream, um, and they're, they're really cool to work with. We're not actually on their platform yet. Um, which is pretty lucky for us in a way because uh, I know they hold some like they do some training and that so which you're not allowed to talk about so we by not being on I can talk about I don't know what goes on what they say we, we pick up bits but generally speaking um, on the Friday ch- on the Friday chats that we have with our members they just say oh yeah Voodoo said that and it's just like well yeah um, I think, I think there's a danger that a lot of people overcomplicate things. And I think Voodoo have done really well at boiling it down and just saying, look, just don't, you don't need all this fancy stuff. Um, just get your game right. And, and we're off to the races. Yeah. Do
0: you see common mistakes from some of your academy members? Maybe the newer ones who come in and thinking X, Y, and Z, and you're like, no, you just have to train, retrain them in
1: a way. Um, I think one I think we've seen so we offer uh, something that we called Academy Test Drive. So once a month as a member you we you send us your game and me and Jilly who I run the academy with, we will go through and do a video of your game. We'll open it up like we've never played it and we play it and we say this, this, this and this and we're pretty brutal, um, because there's no point sugarcoating anything, you know. We have mm-hmm. to match the game with your aspirations. If you want to get signed with Voodoo, you've built the wrong game. Now we don't—we're not trying to be horrible, but if you want that deal, then you've got to do this, or you've got to start again. So we have seen certain people who have come in and they've just sort of built an old-style game that isn't really on point. But and then we point them to the courses, and they go, oh, "I see, um, I built the wrong game, and it's all cool." It's but yeah, that is quite—you know—it's it, funny because a lot as game developers, a lot of the time we we like we sort of hone in and we're And we're so like, we're so pleased with ourselves that we made this door open, right? But no one gives a crap, right? It just, it doesn't add anything, but we, and that's when you start getting feedback, you start to realize actually I'm concentrating on the wrong things. Now there's nothing wrong with spending two days making a door open. I've been there, I still am there. I get so excited when I make something happen. But at the end of the day, we try and focus our members on pointing them and getting their energy in the right places Uh, as more of
0: a directional tool are there you know one of the guys i just spoke with before our call was i thought he had a really great game like at the beginnings of a really great game and he talked to voodoo and said yeah day one retention was around 46 percent. day seven i don't know exactly but he didn't make it voodoo just said hey it doesn't match like it's it's too low and so i thought about retention and how do you improve it and i thought I gave him pretty good suggestions on it but how do you when you approach a game and maybe you can bring up an example but like when you're just starting to think about it like how do you improve that retention rate
1: this is probably one of the biggest questions we get asked and 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 total spoiler alert there is no one answer here um you know when you think about the word retention you need to start thinking about addictiveness dopamine and all of these kind of things and like it really boils down to fun you know why do you go back and do something again generally because you enjoy doing it now as designers and game designers it's really hard to separate ourselves and take that bird's eye view to say is this fun Mm. you know um we we get caught up like i said about making that door open when in fact your game's pretty boring right and it's really hard. I mean, why has Voodoo not got seven thousand games in their portfolio? Because it's very, very difficult to hit the numbers that they're looking for. Now, forty-six and uh, relatively close to day seven, there is a publishers that were bite his hand off for stuff like that. Right. Um, and it's a constant iteration, but retention purely—it's really difficult. It all starts with the core loop. And that is for your core loop is the action that your player does repeatedly. So when you think about, let's take one that everyone will know, Ketchup Stack. Mm-hmm. Classic game of probably a year ago now, maybe longer. God, I don't know. Move so fast. But what do you do in Stack? The the the, uh, the the little cube thing comes in. You press your button and you try and stack it up, kind of like a Jenga tower or whatever, right? Right. That's it. You, you don't have you don't have power ups. You don't have all this other whizzy-bangy stuff, mm-hmm. and it's that one action, and that's your core loop. So flappy bird core loop. Tap, 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 tap. Go through the pipe, die. Tap, tap, tap. da 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 Your core loop over and over and over. Now, retention, you can go into secondary loops where you can add the next bit, so you can, maybe you pick up a power-up. But if, you, if you've got a broken core loop, if your game is rubbish, and I say rubbish, and that sounds harsh, but we just boil it down. If your game's not fun, adding power-ups and extra characters and new levels is not going to fix it. And that's really hard to nail, and it's really hard to uh, swallow as a game developer when you slogged it out building the game that you think's amazing. Um, so we, we try and boil everything down to its purest form. And that's normally the best place to start when we're talking about getting a really solid core loop and that and then will sort of, that will be your best retention bringer. That's not a sentence. English is quite difficult, clearly. <laughs> um, but you get my point. That, yeah. that's, that's the thing. You get your core loop. You know, think of helix jump from voodoo. What do you do? The thing goes up and down and you turn the pipe and you go through. Yeah. No spaceships. right? No, <laughs> no mad stuff. So for those sort of minimal hypercasuals, that's you just, you want a one action game. I love that you did it that way. And what I was
0: talking to him about, and I think the flight is a great example of this is the core loop is just going through different obstacles, but I think, I think what you have to think about now is like, how do you make that fun? So like, in my opinion, you tell me if you disagree, Kevin, but the variability, so you're very, you know, like with flight, you're now changing out the shapes a little bit. Now it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, I'm doing the same exact thing, but it feels different every That's single right. time and it has yeah. to be that like you're doing the same exact thing but it needs to feel a little bit different
1: yeah sure i mean that that is definitely uh you know a randomization to keep it fresh yeah. you now change of color change of zone can can do an awful lot i mean it's interesting now we're talking about flying i don't want to flog this too much but what david when, when, when we did flight, the controls weren't very good it was really floaty and what david did he he pumped it up And it's like God dang it, yeah. Why the hell is R so rubbish? And David made it faster. Exactly the same core loop, but he got he did the controls and he went faster and he made it more exciting. And you wanted another go. Whereas flight, you just sort of, uh, you know, uh, it's like (laughs) meh. And you don't want meh, right? Meh is what you don't want, and that's and that's the difference. These small tweaks. So that, you know, he didn't change a, I mean, you know, we just been through all that. He changed tons, but he didn't change an awful lot of the core loop. Right. Go up, you go through a thing and you go up again. Right. It's the same game. Just just the execution just smashed it. Right.
0: I love that. All right. Now, this is a question I get a ton and I'd love to get your advice on this is self-publishing versus looking for a publisher. How do you answer that when somebody comes at you? someone your academy members say hey publisher. what
1: should I do get a publisher why uh you'll make more money uh you've got a better chance of success um depends what your goals are you know I know some indie devs I mean when we started self-publishing moving from the publisher model um our goal was to ultimately set up a publishing company ourselves so we went to uh ensure we could do it all on our little own which thankfully it worked out um I realized I didn't want to be a publisher, uh, so that happened. Uh, but the point is, you got to know your why about what do you want to do with your game. What's your aspirations? What's your goals? You know, do you, there's a there's a company, and I'm going to butcher their name because I, I always get it wrong, and I get ribbed on the academy every week. I think they're called Estoty. I told you I was going to butcher it. Estoty. It's e e s t o t y. They have done a ton of games with Ketchup. They have done a, quite a few with Voodoo. And you've never heard of them, or you might have done, but you get my point. Right. So they, they, they want to build games, and they've got great relationships. they built up with Ketchup and Voodoo and, or, or whoever that is they're going with, and they, they build games. If you want to self-publisher, you've got to put yourself in the mindset that you want to be a publisher or a publishing house. Um, and without user acquisition, you, you, it, it, it times have changed, yeah. and your Apple feature is not going to – it's not. Is not the golden chalice anymore uh, it's actually quite hard to get major traction now now whether that's because of the store and the way iOS 11 changed everything around um, but the people who are winning are these people doing you influence marketing snapchat ads UA overall basically um, now we run some tests uh, probably six eight weeks ago on one of our old games. So because we we're in a partnership with a um, with a I don't even know what you call it. It's like a, a they can get traffic basically. I can't mm-hmm. say too much anyway. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and over the weekend we pushed ourselves up to top one hundred and fifty overall in games. And that's the power. You know, the app stores are not going dri- to drive you traffic. The key is getting the outside traffic into the app store. Um, so publisher, self-publish, I would go with a publisher all day long. Okay. If your goal is to become a publisher or you want to set up your studio and be all fancy, um, then self-publish. But one thing I would say, you look at the likes of um, us two games who did Monument and uh, all of that. Um, did they do Monument? They did Monument. And what's the other one? Alto. Auto. They got a publisher for Google Play in China, right? So one of the biggest games and biggest sort of sort of studios there is based here in London, they got a publisher to take them to China. Why did they do that? Because it made sense for that market. And I would say publishers is always going to be your best route. You just need to know how to build the right game for the right one and how to approach them.
0: I like it. Spell that one game de- de- developer again, Estol or e?
1: uh, ES. E.
0: Huh? I think I know oh. that logo, but that's all I know of them. Yeah, but yeah, you
1: probably will. If you see them, they did knife hit. They've done. Oh my goodness! You go onto there and you go, oh that one, oh that one. I was like, bloody hell! They've done all of them. Yeah. like they got they've done tons under the bonnet. That's it. They're they're just busy building games and and getting rich, right? Let's end with this, Kevin, because it's a hard question
0: for me to answer. So I got to go pros like yourself, but how do games make, hit the top charts? They
1: get brute forced up there with user acquisition. Now, whether they stay is the key and that's where your attention comes in. Cause when you turn off that you, sorry, when that, when you turn, turn off that user acquisition, then that external traffic is not keeping it afloat. Now, if you drive enough, the algorithm of the app store will hold it up there by the weighted download system, as you well know, one day, two day, four day or whatever it is these days. right? Um, but that's why you need the retention number. So when the organic kicks in, the players return and they make more money coming back the next day. So you can show them another ad which gives you more money in the purse to have that whole circle of a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of monetization um that is how you do a hit game you know when you look at the unicorns like the helix jumps like uh what are the other big ones that have stuck around hold.io there's tons right we could we could we could name a, a fair few um they were brute forced up there and color switch as well brute forced up there but with the sheer weight of downloads and the addictiveness and constant updates and maintenance of the game they're able to hold their own once the UA eases off a little
0: bit. Right. So I think the way I answered it, Kevin, too, was very similar to what you said. Hey, it does take brute force, whether it's we've seen it all, in my opinion. I'm sure you have too. Whether it's ad networks, whether it's influencer marketing, whether it's just having some load of way of driving a ton of users all at once, you get to yeah. the top charts, and then you have to spend less day two, obviously, because you can the organics going to kick in. So maybe you drove one hundred fifty thousand the first day. Well, you maybe you only have to drive a hundred the next day, and then maybe seventy five the next day, and so forth. But at the same time, like we've seen many of times where apps make it the top charts and then you look at the next day it's like where did they go right like they just fall all the way off the cliff because the user
1: acquisition turned off and the game didn't it didn't have a prolonged enough ua strategy to maintain its rank i mean it doesn't actually take that that many downloads to, to jump into the charts it gets exponentially harder as you you know top 50 top 40 you know it gets harder but, you know, ten, fifteen thousand 15,000 downloads will probably over, you know, like a burst, uh, a traditional burst campaign will get you, get you well up there in the top overall games in the States over a weekend. Okay. Um, but you need to pile money in. And that's why these big companies want the retention because they know if I hit that, when I spend this, I'm going to get it back and some. Yeah. Um, and that's what happens. You have people who do it as a one-off and they go, it's amazing. I'm at number 28. And then it stops, and it's just like, ah, oh, where did I go? Um, so that is where these publishers now—we call them the new wave of publishers—have a strategy. You know, it's not a, it's not a spray, uh, spray and pay, yeah. uh, spray and pray. It's like they got a plan, and you need a plan to make the product work. So. Kevin, if we wanted to, back
0: to your earlier point of the way Voodoo does things, you know, create a quick little prototype, get it out in the app store, get some users in there. Are there different ways that we can get users on there? Like what's your favorite way of getting like the first 1,000 users just to get that day one, day seven retention rates?
1: I, I give it to Voodoo. I'd apply to be on their platform and they'll do the money, they'll do the acquisition for you it's it? a bargain yeah that's it honestly it's like don't overcomplicate this stuff that's what i would do for sure go to voodoo give them a good looking game that looks like it has got some legs you'll be kind of hard pushed if unless you've made a platformer or something that is not their not their dig right and um, if you've got a hyper casual game approach them you should get accepted onto their platform they will run the test and you get your numbers for you and that's why they're winning. Because they're getting the volume of games and they're attracting the people. You get your answers. Just get yourself game analytics and Facebook analytics into your game and approach Voodoo. That's all you need from an analytics standpoint,
0: SDK standpoint.
1: Yeah, pretty much. That will do you. Um, That gives you two benchmarks for your retention numbers um, and see where you go. And that is the best advice you're ever going to get, to be honest, right now. If you want to get some traffic to your game to see if it's got some... Some chops. And if it has, they'll bite your hand up and they'll work with you. <laughs> I love
0: it. Well, um, if you want to learn more about Kevin, the website is risinghigh.net, risinghigh.net. If you want to check out this amazing academy where Kevin's going to break down your games, give you all his insider secret, and have a community that of fellow game developers who are going to help you trade knowledge with each other, it is risinghighacademy.com. Kevin, you want to send to the listeners, to the watchers, anywhere
1: else for you? Anyway, I, I thought I was just getting started. I didn't know it was over. That's That's only rubbish. thirty minutes. I know. We can talk forever. No, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. No, get, you, know, you can find us at risinghighacademy.com. Uh, there, there's, we just head over there. All, all, the, all the socials and all that. One domain. Just head over there. Sweet. Reach out to us. All the rest of it. You know, the, uh, the drill kind of thing.
0: <laughs> it is, once again, risinghighacademy.com. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on and doing this.
1: Always a pleasure, sir. Good to see you.
0: We'll see you guys on the next summit interview.